0: So this morning is a very special prayer chapel. This has been years in the making, years before I stepped into this role. People in a similar role to mine at Bethel and Crown and North Central have been praying about a time to come together for unity to as four worshiping communities that we could come together and pour our hearts out and our hopes for not only our communities, but for the Twin Cities and the world as worshiping communities of faith. Not the local church, you know, we're quick to say, chapel is not church, but we are a worshiping community. And so in just a minute, I'm going to invite the first person up to speak. But the idea is for this to extend to you, and some of you as students are already doing this, you're coming together with, with fellow students at these four institutions and other schools. And last spring, Northwestern had the privilege of hosting all four schools where our student government groups and worship teams came together and we had an event uh, called Awake, right? Thank you, Awake, yes, keep me, keep me straight. Uh, in April, and it was a beautiful gathering of, of all four schools. So the idea of what we're doing here today, this will happen at all of the other schools. So we, the four of us will be in each other's chapels, again, to call one another to prayer, but to more importantly, to demonstrate unity and that there is no competition amongst us as the body of Christ. So the first person that's gonna come up and um, speak with us this morning and pray for us is Doug Graham from North Central University.
1: Good morning everybody, how are you today? It's a tremendous privilege to be here with you and to be with my friends, Nina, Laurel, and Bill, and to address uh, something that we all have in common and that is the purpose of the church uh, I think one of the questions that we often over talk about re- regarding the church is what is the church and we get into a lot of discussions on dissecting the what of the church and I love the fact that you here at University of Northwestern are I think asking a more pertinent question and that is why the church why the church I think there are many many reasons for the why of the church and perhaps it could be summarized in just simply saying that the why of the church so that there would be a sliver of reflection of what heaven looks like. That the church, capital C, as well as the church, small C, where we all gather on a weekend, and even when we gather in our Christian universities, that we are to be a reflection of the beauty and the majesty and the all-inclusiveness of the kingdom of God that, that will be ours to experience in heaven one day. So I'd like to give you three words real quickly, and then I'm going to lead you in prayer as we pray about the unity that we are all desiring within the body of Christ. The first word is beauty. Beauty. I believe the why of the church is about beauty. I don't think there's anything more beautiful on the planet than a bride ready to be received by her groom. And we as the body of Christ have been described as the bride of Christ. And so there's a beauty when I think of a bride who's prepared for her wedding. I think of someone who is very precious and delicate and beautiful. And so we as the church sometimes mistreat each other. And sometimes we uh, think wrong things about someone who might have some different views on things that are minor. When we all agree that Jesus is Lord. And so this concept of beauty, if we can continue to love and develop our love for each other, even across denominational lines, uh, schools, and all of that, we can reflect this beautiful representation of what it means to be the bride of Christ. The second word that I think will help us to reflect heaven on earth by being the church is the word building. We know that the church is not defined by a building— But Peter tells us that we are all living stones that are built upon the cornerstone, which is Jesus, so that when we find ourselves in the right position, in the right place, in a local church that is using our spiritual gifts, and we are joined together with other believers, a building is being built, more than just a structure, but A gathering of people where people that are hurting in our world and lonely and lost can actually come to a building or a school or wherever you gather as a church maybe a Starbucks they can find shelter and so we reflect the beauty the awesomeness of heaven by being that that place that not so much a building but a gathering of people why the local church because there's a building that needs to be established so our world can find Jesus and then the last word is the word bonding. And we know that the church is meant to be a place where we experience koinonia, fellowship, the knitting together of our lives under the banner of Jesus as Lord and our love for Christ, enabling us to transcend some of the differences that we may have, yet gathered together, we're knitted together, diverse in many, many different ways, yet we together create God creates a tapestry with multiple colors, multiple expressions, truly reflecting what the book of Revelation teaches that one day in heaven, every tribe, every language, every nation shall be represented. And isn't it wonderful that we can aspire to be a representation, a, a sliver of what will one day be in heaven. So as I lead you in prayer for unity in the body of Christ, I just remind you that on all of our college campuses, we're Christian, we're not the local church, but we come from local churches. And in our individual schools, we also know that God calls us to bring how God has been using us in our churches, maybe our home church or a local church in the Minneapolis-St. Paul area. We bring those gifts even to our college campuses. And we not only share our gifts at our college campuses, but we share our gifts Even in in some of the other schools. I know that last night I was at our Wednesday night praise gathering at North Central. And I know that there were students from University of Northwestern there. I know there were students from Bethel there. Perhaps there were students from Crown as well. But we share our gifts not only in the church, small C, not just on our college campuses, but also in the big C as we gather together and try to reach the world for Jesus. So let's pray together. Father, thank you for this student body at the University of Northwestern and I pray for them even as I pray for students at North Central and I pray that God also the students at Bethel and at Crown College and we pray for Christians across Minneapolis, St. Paul that are studying in various universities that you would call us and raise us up to be the church, that the church is the gathering of those who follow and love you. I pray that you will further strengthen our koinonia, break down the walls that keep us separated, but enable us, Lord, to see each other as brothers and sisters in Christ with the same call to love you and to love the world. I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.
2: Thank you, Doug. Well, my name is Bill Kuhn. I serve as Vice President of Student Development and Campus Chaplain at Crown College. It is a delight to look out and see you You are beautiful. And uh, the church is beautiful. That's a great word. It's a great word. So I appreciate that. It's great to serve as well with uh, those serving in similar capacities as my own at other campuses. And it's nice for us to kind of get together every once in a while and swap some stories. And that's a privilege as well. Well I became a Christian in high school. I didn't grow up in the church. I didn't go to vacation Bible school when I was a little kid. I didn't know any of the Bible stories. I didn't know that the Bible was divided between the Old Testament and the New Testament. I was so confused. And this gentleman talked to me about Jesus and I said, I think I wanna be a part of that. And he introduced me to Christ and then he took me to church and I thought, you know, I gotta tell others about this. And I sat in a civil, what was it, politics class in high school. And I sat across from this kid and I said, hey, by the way, I'm going to church. And he said, yeah, well, I I go to church. I said, yeah, but I'm a Christian. He said, well, I go to a Lutheran church. I said, that's not Christian. I'm a Christian and I go to a Christian church. I thoroughly confused him, I'm sure. I was... (laughs) I was just ignorant, to be honest. I just didn't know. But it's fascinating to think back at my naivete, that at some point, for me, there were just two groups. There were Christians and everybody else. Well, obviously, as I've grown through the years, I've realized that there are other Christian denominations, and there are distinctives, which I think is... Christians, we need to acknowledge that there are distinctives within our movement, but we celebrate Christ. When you go to the book of Revelation, what you find is this constant scene in heaven where these people are gathered together of all peoples, tribes, languages, and nations, and there they are, and every time they're gathered together, they are around one person, Jesus Christ. See, what unites the church, what unites the church is the person of Christ and a commitment to him. When the church was founded in Acts chapter 2, Luke, the doctor, decided he was going to write an account of that. And here's how he described the gathering of God's people. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Then he goes on and describes this marvelous community that everyone was filled with awe, that there were many signs and wonders taking place. All the believers were together, in their possess- and they shared their possessions. They continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread, and it's like, wow, that's an awesome community. And what I wanted you to know today is that I believe that there does not exist any of that community without first a commitment to Christ that we don't share unity until we're first committed to Christ. So we like Acts chapter two, 43 through 47, we're not as excited maybe about verse 42, they devoted themselves to the apostles teaching, to fellowship, breaking bread and prayer. And it is when God's people humble themselves under Christ that unity is born. It is, I'm gonna make up a word here. I know we're in an academic setting, but it's it's our, Underness that brings unity. Does that make sense? It's when we get down under Christ that we look at one another and go, oh my goodness, we belong together. So let's take a moment to pray. And we desire that churches would rise up in unity and lead this nation and this world toward Christ. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you that in your infinite wisdom, you called out people through the person of Christ to be united to one another and to be your visible hands and feet to a lost world. May they see us underneath Jesus, gathered around Jesus, worshiping Jesus, serving Jesus, committed to Jesus. And where there is commitment, there will be community. So, Father, help us to be your humble people, serving alongside of one another, considering others better than ourselves. And to that end, may Jesus be glorified. In his name, amen.
3: Praise the Lord, everybody. The Lord is worthy of praise. Amen. Uh, I'm so grateful to be here with you all. It's been a couple of years. I've preached here several times at Northwestern. And I'm always grateful for the privilege and the opportunity to be with God's people. One of the things I think it's important for us to recognize is the hour that we are in. And that it is very short. That if we look around the world, we can recognize and acknowledge that, uh, that the birth pangs that the Word of God talks about near we see destruction everywhere and what God is calling now for is not for us to be divided as we've said but to be unified it is time for us to be the church that stands up out of these places and goes out into the world it's time for us to raise the dead it's time for us to open blind eyes it's time for us to live the gospel that has been given to us it's time for us to preach the gospel unapologetically It is time for us to call the nations together. It's time for this country to open its arms to people who are desperate and hungry. It is time for us to be the church that we say that we talk about. When I came here two years ago at the invitation of Drew Shep, he's a good friend as well as um, your uh, provost Janet uh, Summers, who I love so deeply, my sister Nina, uh, so many other people who are friends. One of the things that I particularly preached about that day was repentance And I preached about repentance because I realized that one of the things that was hindering our relationship with one another were the blatant lies that we were choosing to believe about one another's campuses. That people were choosing to believe that God wasn't moving down at Bethel. That the Holy Spirit wasn't moving. But how many of you know that wherever God's people are, there's always a remnant. And sometimes God puts people there to start a revival. And so one of the things I said that we will not do, that if Bethel University, for example, ever needed to crawl on its knees to this gate and to repent for what we have ever said wrongly about this place, that I would be the first one on my knees crawling to this place. And I also challenge everybody at Northwest. if you've ever said, spoken a word contrary to what the word of God says against Bethel or any other place, you better stretch your hand that way and say, God, I pray that you would bless them and forgive us for every lying word we have ever said because we don't know what you're doing down in that place. But as long as you are God, you're on the move and you're causing revival to start and to burn wherever you say. So I want to tell you that when we come together in unity as in Psalm 133 where the word of God says as they were ascending up how good and pleasant it is when brothers and sisters dwell together in unity. It's like the oil on Aaron's beard that ran down. When we as the head, when it runs down, it can't help but soak and saturate the rest of the cities. It can't help but get to the University of Minnesota. It can't help to get to St. Kate's and, and, and St. Thomas. It can't help but to get down there if we're really flowing in the Holy Spirit. If we are really who we say, we are so my call this morning is to pray for the four of our institutions that God would somehow light such a fire in us that we would take the cities for Jesus Christ, that we would see restoration, that we would pray for the destruction of racism, that we would pray that we would have police departments that are honoring unto God and to all people, that we would be able to feed people who are hungry, that we would destroy the lives of the enemy, that you would be the generation that would usher in the return of Jesus Christ, that we would see an end to suffering, that we would feed people, that we would see women given dignity who have been sex trafficked, that we would see the church rise up and be the church because without that without our move without adhering to the word of God it's not going to happen so we need to stop looking to the left and the right and say who's going to do it you need to say I'm going to do it God you're going to have I'm going to have an Isaiah 6 moment here I am God send me but that Isaiah 6 moment didn't happen until Isaiah realized that he was a wretch and in need of repentance and until we get ourselves in the face of God and say God you know what I'm messed up My mouth is wrong, my heart is wrong, my attitude is wrong, and I'm going to stop looking at other churches and other denominations and other institutions and say, God, fix me, and then after you fix me, send me. And until revival happens in my heart, don't let me do anything and thus you prepare me. It took Paul 14 years to get ready to preach the gospel. I don't know if we have 14 years but we have 14 minutes we have 14 seconds to go before the lord and to lay ourselves prostrate so here's what i'm asking you to do i'm asking you to join me in agreement that god is number one moving in our institutions the crown that northwestern that north central and bethel are places where god is preparing to move by his power that everything that is out of order would be set in order, that everything that is wrong would be made right, that we would be a people who lead by our attitudes of love and service, not by condemnation and arrogance, and that a fire would be lit that would destroy the things that need to be destroyed and the Holy Spirit would set on fire everything that needs to be set on fire. That is my prayer, and that's what I'm here to do this morning, is to pray for our four institutions collectively, that God would reign and that it would start with us and so heavenly father as i come before you in the name of jesus the only name given unto men by which may we be maybe we save lord god i pray in the name of jesus lord god first and foremost for each one of us individually father god we are people who are born in sin shaped in iniquity and as a result we've hurt other people We've hurt people by our theologies and our philosophies and our behaviors and our thoughts. And Lord, we first and foremost want to come before you to say, God, we are sorry. We repent. We repent of every ugly thing that has not represented you to the world. We, pre- we repent for politicking your kingdom. We repent for making politics out of the church rather than being the church, Lord God, and talking along the way. God, we ask in the name of Jesus for your supernatural and divine favor upon this house. We pray for Dr. Curitan in the name of Jesus. We pray that you would bless him, Lord God, as the one who has been sent over this house. Would you bless everything that has to do with Northwestern? Would you bless its legacy? Would you bless its students? Would you bless its finances? Would you bless its administration? Would you bless bless its cry for diversity would you bless Lord God the hearts of those who are hungry to see you move would you fill this house to overflowing would you expand its territory God would you do it Lord God would you bless our sister Nina who loves you with all of her heart who wants to serve and love every one of these students Lord God, where there is still ugliness, where there's division, where there's racism, where there's foolishness, where our students who are different don't feel safe, where students of color feel hurt or feel confused. Lord God, would you cause that repentance to begin, Lord God, and would you help us to embrace those who look nothing like us, come from nowhere like us, but nevertheless are bought by the same blood, God. Help us to be your people who do what you say do, God. We pray for North Central in the name of Jesus and their new president and we pray for Doug and we pray for their students. We pray, Lord God, that it would continue to be a place where your Holy Spirit flows, where worship is of high priority and academic excellence and rigor is there, Lord God. Would you please lead North Central as they are strategically located, downtown Minneapolis, a place, Lord God, that is in need of you. As the Super Bowl prepares to come, God, would you use North Central as a strategic place, oh God, to be able to be used, Lord God. Would you make it, Lord God, the epicenter of a revival, Lord God, so as people are coming here, meaning to do evil, Lord God, that the people, people of good, the people of your glory and your renown, Lord God, would move out from north central and move like a flow, Lord God, into those streets and deliver the gospel with kingdom authority. God, would you do it at Crown, Lord God? Would you continue to use Bill in every way? Would you continue to advance the kingdom there? Would you continue to bring people, Lord God, from all over the world to do, Lord God, to learn, to seek, to be at peace, and to learn the art of what it means to be a follower and to be a person of academic excellence, God? And Lord God, would you do it at Bethel? Would you do it at Bethel, Lord God? Would you help me and help uh, Jay Barnes and others to lead, Lord God, with excellence, Would you help us never to put, Lord God, our academics above your name? Lord God, forgive us when we have. Forgive us when academicians become greater in our minds in the name of Jesus. Then the carpenter's son, Lord God, who died on a rugged cross to save us from sin and eternal punishment, God. And then, Lord, would you bring us all together? Would you bring Northwestern Crown, North Central, and Bethel together on a regular basis? For their word says, Lord God, they will know we are Christians by our love. And may our love be deep, and may it be wide, and may it be pervasive, and may it be one of action. May we be people of action, Lord God. If our words are cheap, forgive us. Because nobody wants to hear us talking. They want to see us moving. And they want to see us moving in love and in power. And in kingdom authority and in glory. So God, we pray in the name of Jesus as we lift up our institutions that you would get the absolute glory out of everything that we say and do. And may you use this generation, the thousands and thousands of students represented at our institutions, and the other Christian students who are there as missionaries, even in other churches and other places in these academic institutions, would you use us? To create such an epicenter of glory in the state of Minnesota that it ripples across this nation. And this nation says there was a cry that went out in Minnesota and something happened there. And we're not going to travel to see it. We're going to say, come Father, come Lord Jesus to this state and make it happen among us too. So we thank you for it in advance, God. And we call it done because you have already done it for us. And we thank you in advance, and we give you great praise, honor, and glory. In the matchless name of the one that was and is and is to come, Jesus, our Christ, our Savior, and our Lord. And all in agreement said, amen. Amen. Um,
0: (laughs) 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 That's why I saved Laurel for last. Well, I want you to take in what we've experienced and represented right here, you have Bethel of Baptist origins, Crown, missionary Christian and Missionary Alliance, and North Central, Assemblies of God, Northwestern, interdenominational. That while we represent unity and in the midst of diversity, Right here, male and female, black and white, our schools represent unity among diversity of denomination. Our student bodies, unity among diversity in various ways, urban and rural, suburban, denominationally, that we are one as the body of Christ. But we have to walk that out. So I want you to stand, and I want to pray over us the prayer that the Apostle Paul prayed for the Ephesian church. I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with his inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or we might think. Lord, we're grateful that we get to partner with you in making your love visible to all of the world. We're grateful people, Lord. We love you. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Go in peace.